be that kind of afternoon. We got the best of both worlds here. Travis Shaw on the first pitch sends one out of here. A bomb by Travis Shaw. Felt really good. I needed that one. It's been a while since I hit one at home, so uh, I felt good. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. I think this weekend just uh, went about as good as possible. For the Milwaukee Brewers. And you know what? For Wisconsin sports as a whole. The NBA awards are tonight. So Giannis is finally going to be named the MVP of the 2018-2019 season. Yes, I'm cocky. Yes, I'm confident about that. Maybe the Bucks get a couple other awards as well. So I'm excited. But, but this weekend, considering all that had happened with the Brewers. Getting swept in San Diego. And then losing the first two to the Reds. And, and, and having a lackluster performance against the Giants. Too. Winning Saturday. Winning Sunday. Getting that split. That's about as much as you could ask for. I'd say that weekend went about as good as possible for the Brewers. Let's talk about it. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. I am your host. I hope you had an awesome weekend. I well, First of all, one of the things that I need and the Brewers need to make happen, Sunday is the day where I always settle in, watch the Brewers. That's my day to sit down and enjoy. Maybe I miss a Tuesday night game. Maybe I missed a Wednesday afternoon game, but normally Sunday afternoon, bam, I'm, I'm locked in, I'm loaded. I'm, that's my day to sit down and watch the Brewers, much like you'd sit down to watch the Packers, right? Can we make Brandon Woodruff just every Sunday he starts? Every single Sunday. And then and then we fill in uh, the, the other days. However however you want to stack the other pitchers up, however you want to fit Brandon in elsewhere, that's fine. You know, Craig, Craig Gallagher can figure that out. If we could just have Brandon Woodruff start every Sunday, for me... That would just be excellent. He won yesterday, uh, seven full innings, only three runs, 12 strikeouts, which is a new career high for Brandon Woodruff, and the biggest of all, a quality start. Yes, we finally got one. And that was the first one since two starts ago for Brandon Woodruff. The first quality start, not for Woodruff, but for the entire Brewers starting rotation. Finally got one. <laughs> seven innings and three earned runs. Yesterday, I was, I was sitting, I was watching the game, and I always try to tweet, like, even if I don't have anything good to say, I, I try to just... Throw something out there. I try to interact with listeners because I tell you on the show, right? Follow me at Keystroker Grant so we can we can interact on Twitter. And even when I'm not doing my show, even when I'm not on the air on WKTY, when we're watching the Brewer game or when we're watching the Packers, we can tweet. We can we can see each other's thoughts, right? So I feel like I have to tweet, even if I don't anything good. I have to tweet something because I'm constantly asking you know listeners to follow me so we can connect, right? Well, on 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 Sunday, Brandon Woodruff gets through the sixth. And the Reds are at three runs. And I'm like, bam, there it is. There's the quality start. And I tweet it out. I say, quality start alert with, with some red flashing lights, right? And then I, and then I think, wait, Brandon Woodruff's going to come back out, pitch the seventh? Well, what if, what if he gives up a run and he makes it seven innings pitch, but he gives up that fourth earned run? Well, and now it's no longer a quality start. So I thought it might actually be uh, on, the, on the hook for jinxing what was going to be the first quality start in a while for the Brewers, but it didn't turn out to be that way. They won yesterday, 7-5, to five, and they also won on Saturday a little bit closer. That was only 6-5, to five, but but they, they took care of Miller Park this weekend. They salvaged the four-game weekend series, and they made the best out of what was a pretty horrible situation. Getting beat up in San Fran, getting beat up in San Diego, losing the first two to the Reds, 7-1, to one, getting killed, and then 11-7. to seven. 
nothing going right, scoring seven runs and still losing. And you know what? They, they made the best out of a bad situation. Something that I noticed this weekend as well with the Brewers as we sit down and we tried to diagnose this team as we approach the trade deadline and figure out what they need. Buyer, seller, which position, which position, right? Starter, reliever, a bat, whatever. We're trying to figure this team out, right? Something that I noticed uh, on on Saturday that really jumped out to me, and that, of course, is when the Brewers won 6-5. The starter was Chassin. He did not go very far, about four and two-third innings, if I remember correctly, up four and two-thirds. Chassin gave up three in the top of the first. So after one inning, the Brewers are down three-nothing. And, and don't forget... They had already lost three in a row to the Padres, and they were just coming off losing the first two to Cincinnati. They were in the midst of a five-game losing streak that it felt like it was never going to end. And it felt it felt like that for me, for a fan, who maybe focuses on the Brewers just a couple hours a day. This is their whole life. Imagine how that felt for the players, for everyone involved with the team. They find themselves behind 3-0 only after one half inning. And the offense comes out and they hang four runs. They immediately grab that lead back. Look, offense is great. Okay, offense will win you a lot of games. But on Friday, they lost 11-7. to The offense was good in that game. The offense, the offense was great. They scored seven runs. They still lost. Now, obviously, that's due to pitching. But, but sometimes the offense needs to be opportunistic. It needs to come at the right time. It needs to be maximized. Runs for the sake of runs and home runs for the sake of home runs doesn't always translate to wins. It's going to translate to runs, but it doesn't always translate to wins. And on Saturday, especially after falling behind three to nothing after one half inning, and you got to just be thinking, man, they're never going to win another game. Man, this is where it unravels. I'm thinking back to to the stretch in Pittsburgh last year where the Brewers lost five in a row heading into the All-Star break. And that was, if the Brewers wouldn't have made the postseason last year, let's be honest, that's the stretch of games we would have returned to and said, that's where they lost it. Now, I'm not saying this is the same scenario, but it, it started to have that freaky feeling where even though the Brewers scored seven runs, they still didn't win a game. And man, on Thursday, they just got smacked. They lost seven to one. Man, what are they ever going to win again? The offense coming out and putting up four runs in the bottom of the first inning after falling behind by three To regain the lead, that was huge. And it wasn't offense for the sake of offense. It was, you got to have it. If you don't have it here, it might not matter. That really jumped out to me. That was huge. That was maybe my biggest takeaway this weekend. Starting on Saturday, the offense, right place, right time. Right, It's not just about hitting as many home runs as possible. The runs will come, but those runs won't always translate to wins. On Saturday, a couple of big runs in big spots. For example, just, just looking across the box score. They fall behind 3-0. They put up four in the bottom of the first. Then in the third inning, the Reds come back and tie it 4-4. And then in the bottom of the fourth, they respond with two more. Responsive, right? Reactive. This Brewers offense, when being called upon, showed up in the final two games of this series. Not just offense for the sake of offense, but offense that actually meant something, right? That was big for me. Shaw had a home run, obviously. Well, not just a home run, a bomb. Uh, You heard the highlight to start the show. It felt kind of like a sigh of relief. Now, I, I don't know if that's going to save him. And of course, by save him, I mean keep Keston here at bay and allow him to, to remain in the majors. On Saturday, he didn't have any hits. He had an RBI. He didn't, he didn't have any hits. And then yesterday, he obviously hit the bomb. But that was also it. Like He had four bats and he had one hit. It's not like he had a three for four day with a home run. But that home run did feel big. It kind of felt like, okay, maybe maybe that leads to something else for Travis Shaw. Now, to act like he had a huge weekend 
would be kind of facetious. I don't know that that would be genuine. He still had a pretty poor weekend, took the collar on Saturday, and went one of four yesterday. Now, one of those hits was a huge home run, right? Kind of felt like it sparked something for the Brewers, who started out yesterday striking out six times in a row. Shaw comes in and hits a bomb. Yeah, that, that did feel like something. I, I don't know ultimately what it means. Now, if Travis Shaw comes out tonight and says, man, I hit, I hit that home run, I feel great. Now he starts hitting. Okay, then that home run leads to something. But that home run in and of itself, I don't think that's going to save Travis Shaw. And along that same vein, Jesus Aguilar. He didn't even get in at bat yesterday. He didn't even get in at bat. And then you look at it's Saturday's game, 0 for 2. And he's hitting 198 right now. I, I, I feel like there is a move coming. I feel like there's something about to happen with this Brewers team. Yeah, Travis Shaw had a nice moment with the home run. You hear him talking to Sophia after the game. Yeah, oh, that felt good. It had been a while. It had been a while since I'd hit one at Miller Park. Been a while since he'd hit one, period. It felt good. He needed that. Unless that home run translates to something else, I think the time is running up on Travis Shaw. And I believe likewise on Jesus Aguilar. I I feel like there's a move coming. The Brewers have been able to squeak by for this long without making a move. I I think they're finally being faced with a very difficult decision. Travis Shaw, Jesus Aguilar. Okay, we, we got Keston here uh, biting at both of their heels, especially Travis Shaw. And Eric Thames hasn't played half bad either. I, I feel like there is a decision, a move coming. I don't know what that's going to be with Travis Shaw or Jesus Aguilar, but I feel like one is coming. Now, over the weekend, the Brewers actually did make a move. They, it's not hinted. It's not expected. They did make a move, and it's in regards to their starting pitching and their bullpen. Let's talk about that. Continue the Brewers talk coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Big spot here early. The 1-0. Spung on and hit high in the air towards right center field. Brett Phillips going back, looking up. It is gone. Grand slam. Keston Hira. It's a 6-0 San Antonio lead. That might be the driest call of a grand slam I've ever heard. That was Keston Hira the other night for San Antonio. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. No matter my name, no matter the show, Keston Hira just continues to absolutely rake and hit at a level that I'm not sure I've ever seen, albeit in the minor leagues. And that's why I'm tempted to say, tempted to kind of go out on a limb and say, I think the Brewers are, are just about ready to make a move. I think they're on the border. I think they've been riding this fence for weeks of saying, well, we need Jesus Aguilar. We need to give him time. We need to give Travis Shaw time. You know, they've earned it as major leaguers. They've earned it as all-star level players, players who've hit a lot of home runs. And I get that. And up until this point, the Brewers have been able to slide by and not make decisions because injuries have have made some of those decisions for them. And now to the point where Travis Shaw, although he had that home run, although he, he that that was an awesome moment. If we're just looking at moments and not games, not final scores, if we're just looking at moments, that Travis Shaw home run might have been one of the best moments of the year. I don't know what it translates to. That was his only hit of the weekend. Jesus Aguilar didn't play it all yesterday and took the collar on Saturday. I feel like the Brewers are almost ready to make a move, especially at the level Keston here is playing. That Grand Slam, you just heard it. Although that was kind of a, a dry call. I wish it would have been more exciting. And look, I I, I don't hate on a professional-sounding uh, play-by-play man, right, that, that doesn't doesn't go all Paul Allen, right, doesn't turn into a fan, doesn't scream. I'm all for that. I, I think Drew Kelly, our play-by-play man here at WKTY, is perfect with that. Very cut and dry, mature news sounding voice, right? A real, like a Vin Scully type compared to a, <laughs> compared to a Bob Euchre. I just sound like an idiot when I do play by play or color. Drew's, Drew's great at that, but it's a grand slam, man. Come on, get into it just a little bit. 
608-796-2558 is the five-star telecom talking text line. Whether you have a news voice or you have a folksy-sounding voice, you are welcome uh, to call, to text in, uh, and talk Brewers today. Twitter's wide open as well, at Keystroker Grant and at WKTY. The Brewers have already made a move. Now, it wasn't with Keston Hearer or Travis Shaw or Jesus Aguilar, but they did make a move, and that is moving Jimmy Nelson back to the bullpen. Or I shouldn't say back to the bullpen, just to the bullpen. Brought him up and said he is a starter. He's not going to start in the pen. He's a starting pitcher. He belongs here, and he is in our rotation. Well, three starts in, they are changing their tune a little bit. And, and I'm look, I'm not accusing the Brewers of, of going back on their word. I mean, look, things change. Jimmy Nelson's been bad, but he's been okay in spurts, right? He just hasn't been able to go the distance of what even qualifies by Brewer standards as a as a good length start, which would be like four and two thirds, five innings. Brewers don't have very high standards there. Jimmy Nelson still hasn't been able to meet them. This is Craig Council uh, talking about that decision, what went into it, uh, courtesy of Fox Sports Wisconsin. You know, frankly, we, we got to have better performance. That's part of it. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, and the other thing is, it's just a little different look for him. So a little different feelings for him that um, he's he's excited about and and interested in, and so. Um, yeah, I think he can he can be a little bit of a different pitcher down there, and so we'll see what that brings. Craig Council talking about Jimmy Nelson moving back to the bullpen, moving down it to the bullpen. I keep saying back. He was never there. He's always been a starting pitcher. This is something a little bit new for Jimmy Nelson. Craig Council alluding to that. He's going to see some different things, go through some different routines. I don't know if Craig Council means that as a good thing, or if or if he is simply saying well, he's going to have to go through different routines. He's going to have to see different things. I don't know Craig Council's total thought process behind this. All I know is I, I feel like we have seen this already this year with Corbin Burns. A starter, Corbin Burns b- being transitioned from the bullpen to the starting rotation, Jimmy Nelson from injury and the minors to the starting rotation. I, I feel like we've seen this movie before. I feel like we've experienced this before. And, and part of the advantage of baseball, much more so than football and more so than basketball as well, there is such a quantity of games you play 162 regular season games, and there are more statistics in baseball than than I think is healthy for humans to deal with, right? In football, you got your tackles, interceptions. Baseball, they break it down to so many different statistics, very few of which I actually understand, right? Wind shares and war, whip, right? OPS, OPS plus slugging, right? There, there, there's so many different statistics. Some deal with hitting, some deal with pitching, some deal in a larger sense, like what do you contribute to your team? I, I think that's what win shares is, wins above replacement, whatever. That's probably war. See, I'm just confirming how little I know about this. There's so many statistics. Baseball is, an, is a sport that's easy to analyze without ever watching the games, right? A general manager, an analytics, a statistics expert could sit down and look at box scores, look at statistics and get a pretty good idea of what's going on in the field. A really good idea. That would be harder in basketball, harder in football. Baseball is a very mathematical sport. And that might be advantageous in a situation like this. Because the Brewers have already experienced a a similar situation with Corbin Burns. He is now being brought into the starting rotation. Originally, he was in the bullpen. Let's make him a starter. And, And let's be real. They essentially did the same thing with Jimmy Nelson. Jimmy Nelson hadn't been a starter since 2017. We sit here in 2019. The Brewers had to make a similar distinction. We are going to make Jimmy Nelson a starter. He's been pitching. He's been playing in the minor leagues, but this is this is a big change for him, and it's something that he hasn't experienced, something he hasn't done in a couple of years. It was a big change. Very similar to what Corbin Burns went through. Now, Corbin Burns, and here's where statistics are, are handy and convenient, and they definitely come into play. We can compare this year with Corbin Burns 
And, and now look at Jimmy Nelson and, and see if there are any similarities. See if there are any trends. We can use Corbin Burns as a blueprint to maybe try to draw a conclusion. To maybe say, well, they did this with Burns. They should handle it differently with Jimmy Nelson. right? Or they, they did this with Corbin Burns. I think that was the right choice. They should take the same approach with Jimmy Nelson. Corbin Burns, in his 2019 game log, he had four starts. Four starts. And then they said, all right, we got to send you down. You're just, you're too much of a liability, right? So they sent him down. And ever since then, he has been a bullpen pitcher. Okay. Well, in those four starts, they obviously weren't great. He didn't remain a starter for very long. They sent him down. They brought him back up. And now he's he's found himself in the bullpen. And as, as I look at these statistics, his first couple of games, which were all starts, they won, they lost, they won, they lost. Those those original four starts, the Brewers were 500. They were in these games with the exception of of his second start, which they lost 8 to 14, 14 to 8. They won his first start 5 to 4. They won his third 8 to 5. And then they lost his final game, his final start 3 to 6. Okay. They sent him down, they mess around, they 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 put him in the bullpen and he has yet to return to the starting rotation. Now I look at Jimmy Nelson and his games played this year, he has three starts. They lost 8 to 3, 8 to 7, and 7 to 1. Those margins, those run totals given up are much larger and, and there's a much bigger discrepancy than than in the case of Corbin Burns, right? Jimmy Nelson, four innings pitched, or excuse me, three innings pitched, four innings pitched, five innings pitched. Getting a little bit better every time, but in his last start, I mean, that game was over. He lost seven to one. Craig Council said, I look, I really don't care what happens. We need to get you, we need to get you through another inning because we just don't have the bullpen capability right now. Now with Corbin Burns, he went five innings, five innings, four, three, and then he was moved uh, to the bullpen. They're pretty similar. You could maybe argue that actually Corbin Burns is better in his short time as a starter. I know he was giving up home runs. He was throwing fat meatballs across the plate. He's getting raked for home runs, giving up a lot of runs. But but the Brewers were there. It's not like he was a burning mess of a catastrophe. He just wasn't quite good enough. I, I think Jimmy Nelson is very similar. He's shown at times that in short little stints and short little bursts, he, he's been pretty good. He's got that stuff, but he hasn't been able to put it together much like Corbin Burns didn't. Do the Brewers follow the same blueprint? Obviously, they've already departed from that blueprint because Corbin Burns went down to the minors. They're not, they're not optioning Jimmy Nelson. They're just putting him in the pen. What bothers me and what I don't get is we act like the bullpen is some magical fairy tale fairyland place where you can just stick horrible starting pitchers and they're not going to hurt the team. They're not going to give up. Okay, well, we'll put them in the bullpen. They'll be fine there. right? They, we, you can't lose games in the bullpen. You can't, you can't hurt your team in the bullpen. I believe I tweeted about it this weekend. You can follow me. You should follow me at Keystroker Grant so we can interact during Brewer games and outside of uh, my show. I said, why do we act like the bullpen is this fairy tale place where pitchers get better and no longer hurt their team? I, if you want Jimmy Nelson to be a starter, he should be a starter. If that means you got to send him down and let him work through his things, I, I think that might be better. I, I don't know. Handling a struggling starter is very, very difficult, especially one like Jimmy Nelson, who has injury frustrations. He's already been frustrated in the past because he thought he was ready, and the Brewers said no. Now he comes up, and he's not hitting his goals. He's obviously frustrated. He's being hard on himself. Do you send him back to the minors? He was there for two years. Well, do you put him in the bullpen? Okay, well, how are you going to use him? He could still give up runs there. He could still be a mess there. Do you use him in middle relief? Do you use him in, in, in big spots? you got to have some sort of consistency. I think that was my issue with Corbin Burns. 
and remains to this to this very day at 529 on, on June 24th is you put him in the bullpen without really any plan. You say he is our new middle relief guy. He's going to go back to last year's role. Okay. Use him in the sixth, the fifth inning, maybe eat an inning and a half. Whereas you'd maybe only ask Jeremy Jeffers or Josh Hader to pitch one inning if you could if you could line it up any way you wanted. Okay, well, well, sometimes he's pitching in garbage time when the game's out of hand. Sometimes he's coming in at a huge spot. Sometimes he's pitching in the 14th inning because you are out of bodies. There needs to be some sort of game plan, some sort of blueprint. And they haven't really had that with Corbin Burns. I don't think you can afford to take the same approach with Jimmy Nelson because I don't know if it's going to go any different. Corbin Burns gets sent, sent down, brought back up. Okay, now he's in the pen. Well, Jimmy Nelson is, is, is skipping that middle step. He's going starter to pen. Do the Brewers have a game plan for him once he gets there? Do the Brewers know what role he's going to play? And are the Brewers confident that moving him to the bullpen is, is, is going to make him a serviceable pitcher where he's not going to give up runs and he's not going to hurt his team like he's done as a starter? Because I'm not convinced. This is a very difficult situation. This is a very difficult uh, difficult spot. You have a bad starter. Oh, man, do we move him to the pen? Do we send him down? What do we do? How would you handle a struggling starter? I think it's one of the most difficult situations to deal with as a manager, to deal with as a general manager. Man, how do we deal with this? A lot of mental aspects to this. right? A lot of confidence or, or lack thereof in this type of situation. How would you handle the Jimmy Nelson? How would you handle a starter who's just not cutting the snuff? How would you deal with it? I'd love to hear from you. 608-796-2558. That is the five-star telecom talk and text line. And when we come back, I want to continue to talk about the Brewers starting pitching. They had a great weekend. As good of a weekend as you could ask after a horrible road trip and a horrible start to that four-game set against the Reds. They were able to screen out wins on Saturday and on Sunday. Jimmy Nelson's been moved down. How would you deal with it? Let's talk Let's talk next. 608-796-2558. The five-star telecom talking text line. The Wisco Sports Show presented by Played Against Sports returns in a moment here on WKTY. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for hanging out. And don't forget, you can always stream the show on the WKTY mobile app and at WKTYsports.com. Lots of ways to listen. Lots of ways to get in touch uh, with the show and stay connected. You should do so on Twitter. Follow us all at WKTY. And you can follow me at Keystroker Grant. We've been talking Brewers. I said earlier in the show, I think a move is coming with Jesus Aguilar with Travis Shaw. I'm not saying this weekend kind of felt like a last chance, but Jesus Aguilar didn't have an at-bat yesterday. He took the collar on Saturday. And, and yes, Travis Shaw had a great moment with that home run, but unless he turns that home run into something, I don't think that leash is getting any longer. In fact, I think it continues to get shorter, especially with the way Keston here has been just slamming the baseball in San Antonio. My real point of contention, my real question mark after this weekend is the Brewers say they're moving Jimmy Nelson to the bullpen. Now, I think the Brewers royally botched the handling of Corbin Burns earlier this year when you have a starting pitcher, He's not cutting the mustard. What do you do? You have options. You could send him down to the minors. You could let him work through his his issues there as a starter. Okay, you could keep him in the major leagues and let him work through his issues in the bullpen. Both strategies, both moves have, have worked in the past with different players. The Brewers, in my opinion, tried to maintain Corbin Burns as a starter. So they send him down in the minors where he can continue to play as a starter. Then they bring him back up. They put him in the bullpen. Okay, well, that didn't work out at all. That was botched. And I think because baseball is is such a mathematical game, 
It's such a high volume game where you have such a large sample size to compile data and to examine the data. The Brewers need to look at the Corbin Burns situation and try to figure out what went wrong. Try to figure out what decision, what option, what movement did Corbin Burns in. Because let me let me elaborate. Let me remind you, for those who may not remember, how good Corbin Burns was last year. Corbin Burns came in and in his major league debut was pitching in high leverage late game situations. Outside of game two of the NLCS, where he struggled, he didn't have his command, and he eventually allowed Jeremy Jeffers to get under duress coming in relief, and Justin Turner hit that bomb into left field. And, and that's probably why we're talking about the Brewers not making the World Series, because if they win that game, they go up 2 nothing. Right, They go into L.A. not needing to win that extra inning game, and we might be talking differently. That was Corbin Burns' one bad outing last year. He had one. He's one of the best relievers, the most reliable relievers in the majors, and he could give you multiple innings. He could go more than two or three batters. He was incredible. Fast forward to right now. He's, hor- he, he's, he's bad. And something that I saw on Friday is he's getting mashed, and his good pitches are getting hit. Right? It's not like, okay, well, he missed on that pitch. Okay, well, he hung a breaking ball. No, he put a decent breaking ball down and away or down and in, and hitters are still eyeing it up. They're still, they're still mashing it. That's when you know something's up, is even when a pitcher's best pitch is still allowing tough contact. Corbin Burns, something went wrong. And unless he's injured, which I highly doubt is the case because the Brewers are the first team to say, okay, he's not playing bad because he's injured. They're the first team to heap an injury onto a player as justification for poor play. And we've seen that with Yoli Shasin, right? We saw that with Travis Shaw, I believe. I'm not denying they were injured, but the Brewers tend to say, well, he's playing bad because he's injured. And we haven't heard that about Corbin Burns. I don't think there's any way in hell that he's injured. So what happened? What went wrong? Because the Brewers need to figure that out so they don't do the same thing with Jimmy Nelson. Because we know Jimmy Nelson's got the stuff. And he's probably more battle-tested He'd probably face more adversity than just about any guy out there going through the injury he did with the timing that he did, pitching as well as he ever had, and then slogging it out in the minors for multiple years, being ready before the Brewers say, well, no, we're going to keep you down there. Like, like he's had to go through everything. This guy's got to have a, a better mental makeup, a, a better sense of, uh, of persistence than just about any guy. The Brewers cannot mess this up. And when I look at the Corbin Burns situation, I, I don't... I don't know where it went wrong. First game goes five innings. Second game goes five innings. In his third start, which they won eight to five, he pitched four and a third. And then in his final start, he goes three and a third. Now they won two of his four starts. Now when they lost, he was the pitcher of record. He didn't win. He didn't win any games. Then he goes down. There was a break. April 17th was his final start. He comes back up on May 1st and immediately joins the club as a reliever in a game on May 1st that that he lost. <laughs> okay, so not, not exactly a great, great great comeback, right? Now, Jimmy Nelson, I, I think, is in a very similar situation. He's got three starts, not four. The Brewers lost two of them. Now, they lost the other game as well, but they, Jimmy Nelson wasn't the pitcher of record, pitching three innings, four innings, and five innings. He's bad. And now the Brewers are saying, we're going to put him in the pen. Craig Council saying, we're going to put him in the pen. They need to figure out by looking at Corbin Burns and hell, maybe even talking to Corbin Burns. Anything you think about that? Let's sit down with Corbin and say, when you went to the bullpen, what did that change? When you went to the minors, what did that change? And, and encourage him to be honest. 
right? Say, we're not going to think less of you if if going to the minors screwed with your confidence or if going to the bullpen, you know, maybe Marcus Handel, the bullpen catcher, maybe just something got thrown off. Who knows? But having an honest conversation about what went wrong so they can apply that same thing to Jimmy Nelson. And it is a huge mental game. Baseball is a mental game. It's routine-oriented. Very superstitious, some of the players are as well, right? Like, like to put to put in perspective of how mental pitching a baseball is, think, think about it. Jimmy Nelson has to go out onto the mound and throw a ball. Throw a ball in, into a, a, a square foot, hit the strike zone. That's all. Okay, yeah, he's got to watch for base runners. He's got he's to handle that too. That's a, that's a small ancillary or secondary part of it. But it's not like playing linebacker in the NFL where you have all sorts of assignments. You could drop in coverage. You could blitz. You could be a spy. You could do this, that, the other thing. No, no. throw a ball and hit the strike zone. Jimmy Nelson's been doing that for years and years and years, ever since he was a high school athlete, middle school athlete, right? He knows how to throw a ball. Corbin Burns knows how to throw a ball. But it's something mental where now they're not as good as they once were. That's all mental. Look, in football, man, you tweak your leg or, or you're sore or you, you have a brain fart because you forget an assignment. That's all, that's all very possible. That's definitely a part of the game. In baseball, what are you, forgetting how to throw a ball? No. It's the one action, it's the one motion that Jimmy Nelson has been doing for 10 plus years. Something mental is blocking that, where he can't command, where he loses velocity, whatever it is. He can't return to the level that we saw two years ago, much like Corbin Burns couldn't. What's going on there? What have the Brewers flubbed with both of these guys? Because it hasn't gone. For whatever reason, the Brewers struggle here. The Brewers struggle with the transition of, you're a great bullpen pitcher, let's make you a starter. Like, that. no, 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 no. That's where it goes wrong. That's where things have gone horribly. Right, how many years especially like five or six years ago when the Brewers, before they started competing, post-2011 and pre-2017. The Brewers had a lot of instances of young guys they would call up at the end of the year as members of the bullpen or as maybe a spot starter for the last month, and they were really good. And you thought, man, they got some good stuff. And they were really showing promise. He's going to make a good starter in the future. Next year, he should be in the rotation. Next year, they should be giving him a look for the, uh, being in the rotation. Bring him out of the bullpen. Bring him out of the minors. Make him a starter of the rotation. Make him a starter. And then just have them crash and burn. Never to be heard from again. The Brewers, there's something in there the Brewers haven't been able to handle. And that's a big part of why the Brewers haven't been able to home grow, able to, to develop their pitching. That, that, that's, not, that's not bias. That's not being negative about the Brewers. That's just fact. The Brewers haven't been able to home grow an ace, to home grow really good starting pitching. Now, Brandon Woodruff's on track. Corbin Burns really hasn't been able to do it. Freddie Peralta, no. Jimmy Peralta back in the day, remember? No. So we'll see if they're able to, to resurrect Jimmy Nelson and, and to resurrect Corbin Burns because those two guys were well on their way. Something went wrong. That's why I'm, that's why I'm scared for Adrian Hauser, who's going to make a spot start on Wednesday. He's been great in the bullpen. I've loved watching Adrian Hauser pitch. In fact, because I said earlier on in the show, because I say, follow me on Twitter, at Grants. We can interact so I can see what you're thinking during games and you can see what I'm thinking and, and maybe that'll lead to, to good conversation on the show. Maybe it'll bring something up that I didn't see. Twitter's good during games. If you can keep your blood pressure low and, and, and not swear and not get angry, right? Twitter's good. And this weekend, I the last couple of games, I told you I feel like I have to tweet something. Because sometimes I don't have thoughts. Sometimes I'm just watching like you are. 
But, I, but I'm always telling you to follow me, so I feel like I have to tweet stuff. Half of the time, I just want to say something obvious and dumb, like, wow, Adrian Hauser's been good. Like, I, I'm an Adrian Hauser fan because he's come in in some really mucky, really non-desirable spots for a pitcher. Well, two men on. If you give up a hit, this game's over, right? It's it's 3 nothing. If you get if you make it 5 nothing, you're screwed, and you're going to be the scapegoat of this game, right? And he's shined. He's performed really well. And because Jimmy Nelson's been bad and they have issues in their starting rotation— the Brewers are saying, well, we're going to make him a starter this Wednesday and probably once more until Jimmy Nelson gets it figured out or somebody gets healthy. Gonzalez, Gio Gonzalez, probably. Man, I'm worried for Adrian Hauser. The man's been the man's been awesome. And I'm afraid the Brewers are going to screw him up. Just like they've screwed up every player where you've said, wow, they've been great. He should be a starter. Yeah, that's never ended well. <laughs> like, I thought Corbin Burns was the closest thing to a slam dunk you could get. Great in the bullpen. Great stuff. Four pitches next year. Lock him in as a member of that rotation. Well, I was we were wrong there too. Just like we've been wrong about every guy we thought would translate well to be a starter. And I'm scared for Adrian Hauser. I think they're going to mess him up. That's a, the best part of Josh Hader's career. The best decision that was never made was the the the, the moment where the Brewers said we're going to keep him in the pen because he's safe. Let's not mess with a good thing. The Brewers are obviously going to try to resurrect that portion of of Corbin Burns and now Jimmy Nelson as well. Whether he ends up in the minors or stays in the bullpen, I I don't know how you handle it, but they definitely flubbed it with Corbin Burns. Hopefully they didn't make the same mistake with Jimmy Nelson, or they don't make the same mistake with Jimmy Nelson. Enough baseball for the day. Let's talk hoops. NBA awards are tonight, and the Bucks should be floating around. It's like it's like in the Academy Awards or whatever. I don't know how many awards the Bucks are going to win, but they should be in on a lot of, uh, of conversations, and there should be a lot of nominees. Uh, like there would be at the Academy Awards. Leonardo DiCaprio took him forever to win one, right? Well, he was always there. He was always nominated. I, I know one shoe-in award that I think the Bucks are going to win tonight, but I think there are a lot of possibilities as well. Let's talk about the NBA Awards uh, because the Brewers are off tonight. Let's talk some hoop. Coming up next, we'll close out the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. <laughs> Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. My name is Grant Bills. Thanks for hanging out, being a part of the show. We've covered a lot of ground with the Brewers today. Had some difficult, difficult conversations. Covered some difficult topics. We've done a great job today. I'm gonna give my I'm gonna give myself a pat on the bat. You should uh, you should do the same. Enough baseball. The Brewers do not play tonight. They'll be back tomorrow as they start a series with the Mariners. So we'll talk about that. Uh, tomorrow, tonight is the NBA Awards, okay? And I, the NFL started doing this a, a while ago. I don't remember specifically when it started. Maybe it's been going on for much longer than I than I think. But the NFL started doing this thing, or it's certainly become bigger, where they have an opening monologue with a host, and they give away the awards, much like a like the Academy Awards or the Grammys or whatever. I don't watch award shows, but the rest of them, <laughs> like the people eat up, right? They they've fallen along those lines, and and I believe last year, the year before. I believe it was Russell Westbrook's MVP year, so that would have been two seasons ago, where the NBA started doing their own awards show. Let's have a host. Let's bring everybody in. Let's sit everyone down. We'll all get dressed up, and we'll award these these uh, these awards and these between players, coaches, executive moments, teams, rookies. All, let's we'll award all of this on the same night. And we'll have everybody there, and we'll be able to play the replays. And, and while I agree that that's a great idea, I probably would not watch it if I didn't have to do a show and, and talk about it, right? <laughs> but it wasn't his job. I don't know if I'd watch it because I don't really like award shows, but it's a novel idea to celebrate an NBA season uh, after the fact. The problem is 
some of these awards should have been given out weeks ago, month, months ago even, because some of them are regular season awards. I understand the desire to wait until the season is done so everybody's calmed down, nobody's worried about playing games or the upcoming playoffs, so it's more of a celebration. So it's more of like a, like a post-mortem of the season that just concluded. I, I, I understand that desire. I understand that impulse. I just don't know if, it, if it's ideal. I understand that a, that a big presentation of the MVP trophy is great and it's better than the NBA Twitter account just tweeting it out. Like there's a lot more pomp and circumstance here, but the, the, the timing, in my opinion, isn't ideal, okay? These are the awards that they'll give out tonight. It's not just MVP. It's not just Coach of the Year, things like that. There's a lot of cool stuff. So you have your MVP, your most valuable player. You have your Rookie of the Year, your Defensive Player of the Year, your NBA Sixth Man, Most Improved Player, Coach of the Year, Executive of the Year, Sportsmanship Award, Teammate of the Year Award, All-Rookie Team, All-Defense Team, and then the NBA Cares Community Assist Award. And half of them are sponsored by Kia. So it's the Kia Most Valuable Player, Kia Defensive Player of the Year, Kia Rookie of the Year. So I'm, obviously we don't need to waste time with that, but they're, they're sponsored as well, which is just another way uh, that I think the NBA likes the award. So I think make some money, get some sponsors. I understand why it's nice to have the pomp and circumstance of an award show. The timing kind of stinks because the the... The award that most people are interested in is the MVP, right? Because in, in five years, the Bucks aren't going to look back and hang their hat on Coach Bud winning Coach of the Year. They're going to look back and, and being able to hang their hat on. They had an MVP, one that they drafted, one that they grew themselves. Not a free agent that came in, right? But, but Milwaukee drafted and fostered an MVP. Think about that. That's something you can hang your hat on. That is a regular season award. That MVP award pertains to the regular season. So in the instance of, in in my opinion, the biggest and most highly touted award every year, you're giving it out months after it should be awarded. Now I understand you want to do the award show. You don't just want to tweet out, hey, Giannis is the MVP, Harden is the MVP. All right, let's go play the playoffs. Right, I understand you not wanting to get lost in the shuffle. Not wanting to be glazed over, but it's a, it's a regular season award. That should be given out at the end of the regular season, in my opinion. I, I think the playoffs taint some of these things, right? Because if you didn't have any playoffs, Giannis is your clear-cut MVP. Now, after the playoffs, of course, people are saying, well, maybe Kawhi Leonard was the MVP after all. Okay, well, he won finals MVP. He, he received recognition for his, his contribution in the playoffs. Maybe Kawhi Leonard is, is regarded now as the best player in the league. But as far as the 2018-2019 regular season is concerned, the most valuable player is, is Giannis Antetokounmpo. But now we've, we've gotten away from that, right? Our focus is now on what happened in the playoffs. And, and people want to make it out that Giannis had a, dis, like a dismal playoff performance. Yeah, he was defended well. He was guarded well in that series against the Raptors. Let's not act like it was an embarrassing catastrophe. First of all, the Bucks went six games with the eventual NBA champions. We're very close to going up 3-0. Very easily could have won that series. I don't think there's shame in losing that. And I don't think Giannis has shame in losing that. You're frustrated. You wish you'd go back and do it again. Yeah, but it's not, not like Giannis was held at six and a half points a game. And let's face it, Harden didn't make it out of the second round. Which ultimately, those are the two players we're going to end up comparing tonight. Kawhi's really not a part of this. Giannis will be the MVP. I'm, I'm, I'm fairly certain of that. Of the votes that have been counted and, and released, 
Because the voters vote back in April. I believe that the, the, the deadline's like April 19th, if I'm remembering correctly. So the votes have been in. Some journalists, some voters have, have actually taken the liberty of saying, this is who I voted for. Whether that's on a TV show or just releasing it. Because it, 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 it's not like classified. It was their vote. They're allowed to share it if they want. And I believe the count is like 19 to 3 right now. For the votes that we know, Giannis is, uh, I, look, Giannis is going to win. If he doesn't, my jaw will hit the floor, and I might have to drive in and, and do an emergency broadcast here on WK2I. Probably one that will get me fired, right? Giannis should be the MVP. Now, Coach Bud has a really good case at Coach of the Year, and John Horst has an excellent chance at Exec of the Year. But here's where the timing comes into play. At the end of the regular season, and, and maybe two rounds into the playoffs, Coach Bud is the Coach of the Year. John Horst is the Exec of the Year. Okay, well, the Eastern Conference Finals, Kawhi was the best player. And Nick Nurse was the best coach. The NBA Finals, Kawhi Leonard was certainly the best player. I don't. Coaching is maybe more of a toss-up there. Golden State just ran out of gas, didn't have the bodies. So Nick Nurse did everything right, and they were able to win. I think if you ignore the Conference Finals and the, and the Finals, the Bucks sweep those awards. I think John Horst and, and Coach Bud are the best at their respective jobs, and, and we're talking about an MVP, an executive of the year, and a coach of the year. Now, it, that could be Nick Nurse. Now that could be Masai Ujiri, the, the president of basketball operations for the Raptors. I don't know how the exec of the year, how the coach of the year is awarded. Is If that's a strictly regular season award, or if that's a larger scope award. But that, 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 the fact that the award show is now on June 24th and not in the middle of April when the regular season concludes is going to influence some of those results. Giannis should win the MVP. I believe he's going to hand, hands down win the MVP. I don't think it's going to be as close. Everybody says this is the closest MVP race we've seen in a while. And, and up until about three or four weeks left in the season, I would agreed. But I don't think the voting is going to reflect. I think everybody's saying, man, it was close. Closest I've ever seen it. It's Giannis, though. Like, I I don't think it's going to be near 50-50, at least from the, the sample size that has been made available, has been made public so far. I think Giannis is, is going to run away with it. So NBA Awards tonight, they are on TNT. 8 o'clock Eastern Time. You want to tune in and watch. You can just look at the results. I'm really tempted to do that, but I feel like because Giannis is going to win the MVP and because we want to come back and talk about it tomorrow, right, I feel like I should probably tune in and watch as well. Not an awards show guy, but maybe I'll enjoy it. It's the NBA after all. I think it'll be a good time. Tune in. Tomorrow we'll be back to talk about it all and preview the Mariners series as the Brewers uh, enjoy their off day today. Same time, same place tomorrow. Be there. Talk to you then.